Amen. Let's enjoy this game. Amen. Christ is the hope of glory. My very life is He. Amen. Amen. Christ is the hope of glory. He is God's mystery. He shares with me God's fullness and brings God into me. He comes to make me blended with God in every way that I may share His glory with Him for a. And redemption full is he, redemption to my body from death to set it free. He comes to make my body a glorious one to be and swallow death forever in victory. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, is God's mystery. Amen. Amen. Christ is the hope of glory. He is our history. Life is our experience, for he is one with us. Amen. Amen. He comes to bring me into glory. Amen. 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 Christ is the hope of glory. He is God's mystery. He shares with me God's fullness. Comes to make me blended with God in way that I may see glory nothing for a. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, it's a fact. You are coming. You are Amen. coming to glorify your bride. We do not doubt it. This Amen. is the reality, and we praise you for it. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Christ Amen. comes to glorify me. Amen. My burden. He will transform, transfigure like his Amen. own. It then will be. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. One of the important statements in this hymn is on verse 4. In verse 4, he said, Christ is the hope of glory. He is my history. Christ is not just a figure, but he is our history. When he lived on earth, we also lived on earth with him at that time. Even before you were born, you already lived with him. And his life is my experience for he is one with me. And then third line is what you want to underline. He comes to bring me into his glorious liberty. Does that mean he come to bring me into heaven? but he come to bring me into his glory. What do you mean his glory? That his glory is the manifestation of his life. That life being manifest 
then we will free from the slavery of vanity. When men fall, men were under the bondage of vanity. And when Christ came, he will bring us into the freedom, live from all the bondage of vanity and into his glory. What glory is this? This glory is the freedom of his life. This life has been manifest, fully expressed. I hope this is something is not all to you. Um, if that is not God's purpose, then there is no need for God to give us the Bible. Many people today, they worship their own God. Their understanding of God that I worship is a God of helping me. The almighty God, the powerful God that can help me to do what I ask. Most of the people worship God in that way. Even we were brought into know Christ, but more or less, we still know the concept that one day he will release us. But we did not know what is in God's heart. God, this very God, he wants. He is eternal life. And all the life has a feature of multiplying. All life, as long as it is life, they want to multiply. They want to reproduce. My pen can never reproduce to two pens. But life will always want to reproduce, to multiply. And for that, God even created the eternity. Do you ever know God created eternity? The eternity exists because our God is eternal. So eternity exists. If God is not eternal, and eternally is one of his features, God has many attributes. One of the attributes is eternity. So for that, in eternity, he even make his plan in eternity. And what is his plan? His plan is out of his nature of his life that he want to reproduce. He want to spread out. He want to blossom his life. For that, God created man. For that, God created man according to his image that man can be a recipient, a vessel, a container to hold his life. When God created man, he won man high. You will be the one to hold my eternal life. God, eternal life, want to multiply. Where does he go multiply? To angels? No, angels doesn't fit me. So he created man to be a container, to be, to be a vessel to contain him. 
praise the Lord, saints, this is the meaning of our life. We are here, not just trusting the Lord. Uh, maybe God will help us if we behave well. No. God created us because we are a vessel to contain his eternal life. If you have that view, we sing that hymn or this hymn, then you say, Lord, you will bring us into glory. That life, that life, that eternal life will manifest in us. Amen. Look in verse 4. Christ is the hope of glory. He is my history. His life is my experience. For he is one with me. Praise the Lord. When Christ was on the cross, his life already released. This life released, and today we are the recipients of this life. Amen. Did you see? God became a man even to make man God. Saints, we have to say in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. Satan is jealous for this. Jealous is he also wants to be God, but in position. Not in life and nature, but he wants to be in position. For that, he infused this kind of concept to mankind. Oh, don't say that you become a man, you, you become God. That is what I try to do. That's why I've been judged. Then we know, yeah, no, yeah, this life within us is to make us the same with God in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. Saints, when we say, but not in the Godhead, we put Satan into shame. Amen. Okay. Satan, you want to be the same position like God, but we don't want the position of God, but we already the partakers of his life and his nature. Amen. You do not have life, do not have his nature, but you want to be his the same God head. But we totally opposite. Today, we are having God's life and God's nature, but not in the Godhead. Okay? Saints, man, whenever I say, but not in the Godhead, I feel so glorious. We put Satan into shame. Shame on you, Satan. Uh, we have God's life and God's nature. If we are not God, then what we are? If someone have, if uh, living creatures have the life of dog, if he's not dog, what he is? You know, if he has the life of cat and he's not cat, what he is? And we have the life of God. If we are not God, then what we are? In fact, God said, let us make men according to our image and according to our likeness. Actually, he is making God. <laughs> he made us God. Okay. Suppose I'm drawing, okay, I'm drawing the image according to John. Okay. If it's not John, who is he? Praise the Lord. Amen. We, we become the same as he in life and nature, but not in the Godhead. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Uh, I don't think we're going to sing this again, 
but this is a wonderful hymn for those who have come a bit late. That is 949, hymn number 949. Uh, let's come to read our scripture because a good amount of scripture. Adrian, maybe you can tell us uh, how far we're going to cover to read tonight. Um, so tonight, we're going to continue with uh, Genesis chapter 43, and uh, we'll read from verse 15. But I think we'll go up to the end of chapter 44. If we're not able to read through all the verses in our reading together, um, we'll just highlight some of the um, uh, crucial points. So uh, we'll read from Genesis 43, verse 15, up to the end of 44. Okay, welcome back, everyone. This week, we come to a very, very... Um, uh, Actually, we've said this before, but it's very interesting that every chapter in the Bible really is God's word. And actually, really, every, 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 every verse is God's word. In these few chapters, we see Joseph dealing with his brothers. And actually, this is, I, the way I understand it is this is the longest portion in Genesis dedicated to one subject like this. So there's a lot of writing and a lot of um, consideration regarding the way that Joseph dealt with his brothers. But tonight, um, I'll, I'll share just the little, the, the first portion, the second part of chapter 43. And I do believe the Lord really wants to show us something very precious in this portion where we will see really the Lord's heart toward us, where we will see his, his loving concern and his care toward us. And then we see like Joseph's brothers, we just have the same kind of response, don't we? We, uh, we just consider this man is going to, something is going to, he just wants to get to us. So um, in chapter 43, we saw that uh, uh, the famine was really very severe. And this forced uh, Israel, um, Jacob, and his sons to consider going back to Egypt again. I do not believe any of them had a good experience of this. I don't believe they wanted to go back and get some more food. But because of the famine, they were in the situation and kind of pressed to go back to Joseph. Now, Joseph, we have seen, is a type of the reigning aspect of our experience of life. So with Joseph, we see this reigning aspect of Christ. So this really is a wonderful type of who Christ is. And so in a way, this this return of Israel to Joseph typifies Israel, the nation, turning to Christ. But this doesn't just happen. This happens under a severe, it says here, the famine was severe in the land. This is verse 1 of chapter 43. So there's really a pressing on, the, on, on Israel that presses them to go back to Joseph. And I tell you, unless the nation of Israel is pressed to fight, to even find a way to survive, 
they will not turn to Christ as their Messiah. Even the Old Testament prophesies concerning this, that the nation of Israel will turn to Christ as the Messiah, and they will recognize him as the Messiah. But this will not happen unless they are pressed to the point that it will cost them their lives. So, so eventually, Israel is in the situation. He's pressed. He, he doesn't want to send his brother. And eventually, he just says, well, and may the all-sufficient God grant you mercy, this is verse 14, before the man, that he may release to you your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of all my children, I shall be bereaved. So eventually, Jacob just had this response. If you, know, if you need to go to this man, you need to go to him. And then take Benjamin with you. And may God be with you and, and care for you that he would release your brother and he would release even, even Benjamin. But amen. So, so now here goes uh, the sons and they go with Benjamin. Now they get there and uh, then the man tells his servant, listen, tell these ones that they must come to my house and I will prepare a feast for them. So these brothers of Joseph, brothers and sisters, they are truly ignorant of whom they are meeting here. It's, they just do not recognize who they are dealing with. And so they go to this one's house, but, they're, but they have a lot of concern. They don't like to deal with this man. Why is he taking us to his house? Okay, so they, they get taken to his house. No. Now the thing is this this pressing of the of this uh, of of uh, Joseph's brothers, this testing is similar to the way the Lord will deal with the nation of Israel. He will press them and he will test them, but he loves them. And everything it does is with a loving concern for them. But they don't recognize him and they do not acknowledge him. So everything is done so that they would see that his love is toward them, that he, is, he has a concern for them, but they don't see this. They're ignorant of this. So this is, this is uh, Joseph's brothers related to Joseph. This is the nation of Israel related to Christ. But you know what, brothers and sisters, this is also the same for us. Often the Lord deals with us. And as soon as something happens in our environment, we get invited to a feast. We consider, no, 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 there's something wrong here. What evil does this one have planned for me? What does the Lord really want to do with me? Why am I going to a feast? Um, verse 18, the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said, it is because of the silver that was returned to our sacks at the first time that we are being brought in that he may come out against us and fall upon us and take us as slaves without donkeys. Okay, so this, so Joseph's brothers, they are, they are just, they, they're afraid. And they, and they feel, listen, we we're being invited to his house. Uh, uh, and, and there's a feast being prepared for us, but it's because he thinks we stole his money. 
Okay, so now we'll see that there are some points, some verses that show us that actually Joseph's brothers should have recognized him. They should have been able to see that this man whom they were dealing with is Joseph himself. Okay, so they, they, there's very clear indications in this passage. Okay, so now uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, read some of the verses and then highlight some of the points related to this. And then, so they, then uh, they go and they speak to the servant and they say to him, uh, the man who's over Joseph's house, and they say to him, listen, the first time we came to buy food, when we came to our lodging place, we opened our sacks, there was all our money. Now we brought it back again, and it's in our hand, and we brought extra silver to buy food again. We don't know who put that silver in our bags, okay? We, we have, we're, we're in quite a desperate situation, but listen, we really didn't steal the money, okay? What does he say? Be at peace. Do not fear. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. Your silver came to me. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Okay, so now, how did this servant know about God? How did he know? How, why did he tell them, your God and the God of your father has given you treasure? How did he know this? Surely, Joseph must have spoken to him afterwards. How else could the servant have known this? How could he have picked up that they were that they were God's people, that their father was following God? So, so they immediately the brothers should have just a little light should have gone on. Listen, this man knows about the God of our father. He knows our God. How did he? How does he know about this? Somehow, someone like someone told him. So surely Joseph had spoken to him about his God, the God of his father and the God of his brothers who has cared for him as Joseph and has put him in this position. But, but his brothers, they never considered this, right? But, okay, the, the situation of the money is resolved. The situation of their brother is resolved. Simeon is brought to them. Okay. Um, Okay, so let's go on. So now Joseph comes at noon. Uh, they heard that they would eat a meal there. Okay, still a bit of suspicion, right? Still not, not very open. And when Joseph came into the house, they brought him present, with, which was in their, in their hand into the house, and they bowed down to the ground to him. So I don't know if there must, maybe there was just one, of those 11 brothers. They just had a little light bulb go on. You remember Joseph's dream? He told us. That, that brother of ours. He had all those dreams. And he came to us. There when we were tending the sheep. And we said. Oh the one. The dreamer. Let's see what will become of his dreams. And they threw him in a pit. right? And then later on they sold him. And then Joseph was sold to. 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 Um, was taken to Egypt. Okay, but but was there no, did they not remember his dreams? Do you really think that he had forgotten all about Joseph's dreams? 
surely this must have been quite fresh in them still. They remember Joseph's dreams when they saw him coming to them there in the field. They had not forgotten all about their brother. It is not possible. They, their father was still not very happy about releasing Benjamin to them. This, this was, there was a real pressing here. There, there must have been some, just a little recognition within them. Listen, there was a dream that our brother had that we would bow down to him. We're bowing down before this man. Could this be Joseph? But anyway, no recognition, right? Okay, they're veiled. Okay. And he asked them about the wealth there and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they said, Your servant, our father is well. He is still alive. And they bowed and paid him homage. And he lifted up his eyes and saw Benjamin. Okay. Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. And Joseph hurried for his inward parts burned for his brother and sought a place to weep. So he entered into his chamber and wept. The way that this man invites them into his home, okay, why would this man, this ruler of Egypt, invite these foreigners for a meal in his own house? Did they not question this? Did they not consider? Maybe there's something to this man. Now this man asks them about their father and he doesn't just ask it in a kind of a, a loose way, like, okay, tell me about your father. Tell me. He asks this in a very, very affectionate way. In a very, th there seems to be some feeling in him when he's asked this. Even when he spoke to his brother about the youngest brother, his inner parts were so burning. Surely they, there must have been something in his countenance that, that must have expressed a little of, of Joseph's feeling at that time. Okay, but his brothers, they didn't see anything, right? So they, Joseph has to run. He has to wash his face. He comes back. Then he washed his face and came out, and he controlled himself and served the meal. But still, his brothers don't recognize anything, okay? Okay, verse 32. And they served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians ate by themselves. Also, very interesting, the Egyptians could not eat a meal with the Hebrews, for it is an abomination to the Egyptians. Why is Joseph not eating with the other Hebrews? If he is this ruler, this mighty man of Egypt, if he's an Egyptian, why is he not eating with the other Egyptians? Okay, no light with the brothers yet, okay? And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. How does he know? How does he know the firstborn up to, up to the one in its youth? Why does he set us in this order? How does he know these things? They're astonished. They, they, have, they looked at one another in astonishment, but no, no recognition, no light. I don't know if they were just, okay, we will get to why this happened, okay? Okay, so now, brothers and sisters, just as the nation of Israel is ignorant of Christ, so often we are preoccupied with ourselves and we fail to see Christ. 
his brothers in verse 18, they were afraid. They were afraid that uh, they will come up against us, fall upon us, take us as slaves with our donkeys. They were afraid that they would be lost. They, they were afraid that their donkeys would be taken. They were afraid of the money. But you know what, Joseph, he didn't care about those things. When he sent them back later on, after he revealed himself to his brothers, and he, and he sent them back to go get his dad, his father, then he sent them with, with chariots and with horses. He didn't need their donkeys. He didn't care to take their donkeys from them. But they were so concerned. What about our donkeys? He's going to take our donkeys from us. And he's going to take us. He's going to, we may be going to be his slaves. Well, brothers and sisters, what happens to us is all our focus and all our attention is all the time just upon ourselves, upon our own needs, upon what we have, upon what God wants to take away from us, upon what we're going to lose when we're not, when, when, when God wants to, I don't know, when we serve God, when we, when we want to follow Christ, when we've got a Christ, he wants to invite us to a feast. Yet we're thinking that yet we, we're afraid. Lord, why? Why, why, why? why am I enjoying this feast? Lord, what's going to happen to me next? Oh, I'm going to lose my donkeys. Maybe I'll even lose my money. But maybe I'll lose myself. Oh, brothers and sisters. The way that Joseph dealt with his brothers was really in a wise way. He was not foolish. He was not childish. He wasn't trying to play childish games with them. We might think, Joseph, listen, just reveal yourself to, to your brothers. Why do you have to go through all this testing? Why do you have to serve them a meal? And you have to, you're with them and then, and then you put a cup in their bag and all these things you ask them about. All the, But Joseph, just reveal yourself to them. You, you, you are their brother. But yet, Joseph was very wise in his dealing with them. And the same with Christ. When Christ deals with us, brothers and sisters, he doesn't just come outwardly and... I, I like this verse in Peter. I think it's... Uh, is it First Peter? Oh, no, I can't remember the reference. But the one whom we love, whom we do not see, right? There's... There's this one we love, yet we do not see him. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't have the exact verse now, but, but there is this one whom we cannot see, yet we love. Um, uh, maybe I'll get the, the reference later. But anyway, brothers and sisters, he does all these things for us. He has such a good intention toward us. His intention and his heart for us, brothers and sisters, is altogether motivated by his love toward us. Joseph loved his brothers and he had a deep concern for them. And so everything he does for them issues out of this loving concern for them. But we, on our part, 
we are just concerned about ourselves. We're concerned about the Lord going to take our donkeys, going to, going to uh, maybe take our lives. Maybe we're going to lose everything. But, but what the Lord wants to give us, he, he, he is the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the, he is the one who has been enthroned. Who's, who's, he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. Everything is under his feet. He can give us, he, he, and he wants to bless us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. This is our Father's heart toward us. This is, this is Christ gave himself up for us. Yet we, on our part, we're just concerned. Oh, what's going to happen now? Are we going to, what's going to happen to Benjamin? What's going to happen to, to, uh, uh, to our father? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our donkeys? All these things that occupy us. Eventually, what happens to us, brothers and sisters, is those things causes a veil to be upon us. Joseph's brothers were right there before him. Yet they were, they were this, this fear that was in them. It veiled them from, from seeing this wonderful Christ. This, we were, they were veiled. They, they just could not see Joseph. He was there right before their eyes. He had this intimate fellowship with them. He had this meal prepared for them. This ruler of Egypt inviting these foreigners into his house to have a meal with them. He asked them about their dad, about, about their, wealth, their well-being. He asked them about their brother. Yet, yet they're, they're concerned. They're just, even, even right till the end, they're just astonished. Why? What, what, what is happening here? But brothers and sisters, the Lord wants to, he wants to care for us with this loving concern, this care, this shepherding, all these things that, that Joseph did to his brothers, not according to his natural life, not according to just um, his preferences. Even, even at some point when, when they tell him about his brother, his, his inner parts burned for his brother. There was a lot of feeling that he had for his brothers, but he did not react simply according to his feeling. He did not live according to just his natural reaction. He was willing to, to be under the Lord's discipline. He was willing to, to, to be one, not just with, with his own feelings, just like the Lord Jesus. If it was up to him, he asked the father, Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will. Not what I want. It's not according to my want. It's not according to my heart's desire. And because of this, Joseph was qualified to be such a, such a, a ruler. He was qualified to to, 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 to be a type of Christ in his reigning aspect. Joseph did not deal with his brothers just in a very quick way, according to his natural life. 
if I would have been Joseph, I would have just told the brothers, listen, just come and bring your dad. After the first time, I would have told them, listen, I can't wait. Why should I wait? Why should I send them away? And then, and then uh, hope that they will come again when they run out of food. But, but Joseph wasn't like that. He knew that he had to deal with them in a very wise way. So he sends them away with their food. And after some time, they're forced to have a turn. They're forced to have a turn to him again. Often the Lord deals with us in this way. Sometimes we, we don't want to go back to the Lord. We don't want to go back to, to our head, to, to, to the one who is the ruler. And so we, 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 eventually the Lord takes away all the others, all the other things that we, that we rely upon. And eventually we're forced to go back to our Joseph, to, to the storehouse, to, to, to our Lord and our King, our husband. And so when, when they had this turn, they still did not recognize him. Because all the time, they're just occupied with themselves. Their whole being is focused on, on, on what they have, on what, the, what they're going to lose. And they're not able to, to enjoy what, what has been prepared for them. Oh, brothers and sisters, the Lord wants to unveil himself to us. And he wants us to see him for who he is. He wants us to appreciate this loving concern that he has for us he wants us to see in in all these details in all the details of our human living of all our of all our all our environment he wants us to see that he is the one that has this intimate concern for us and that everything he does for us is with this loving concern that we would really come back to him and see who he is that we would be unveiled and see this wonderful christ and see all that he has done all that he has accomplished. Oh, I like this picture of Joseph. This really is a wonderful picture, isn't it? There was this storehouse with Joseph. He had all the riches. He simply wanted his brothers to come and recognize him as their brother. Okay. But praise the Lord for his wise dealing with us. And may we all be able to, to open ourselves up that we might see that what the Lord does for us and the way that he deals with us is with this loving concern that we would recognize him and see him. Amen. Okay, Brother John, you can continue for us, brother. Yeah, this part is quite precious. Do you believe such a profound story that God spoke to Moses? Remember, yeah. Moses, he wrote Genesis, but he never met Joseph or Jacob. All these stories are spoken out of the mouth of Jehovah to Moses. It must be full of significance. Otherwise, God don't need to do this kind of gossiping to Moses and write it down. God asked Moses to write down these stories. Only 400 years later, then Moses came out. And long time ago, all the stories, what we have read here, our God spoke to Moses. It must be full of significance. When Adrian mentioned this thing, I just say, these two chapters 
has two lines. One is the line of time, another is the line of life. What we cover now is the line of time. This is not just only typifying when the Lord Jesus returned, his people will not recognize him. This type also revealed to us that our Christian life in the New Testament, many times we also don't recognize him. And now it is easy to say that even during this time that God's people, the Israelites, the Lord has done so many things to them, but they are just blind. They don't know. And, um, and this is actually how the Lord spoke through Moses. When I come back the second time, typified by Joseph and all God's people, the Israelites, they will not recognize me. They will not acknowledge me. But I try to reveal to them but they will not understand. Why? That is in chapter 43, verse 18. That is the three words you have to box it. These three words cause them to blind. What are the three words here? That is, and the man, that means the brothers, these eight or nine brothers, were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house. And they said it is because of the silver. Box the word silver. They just came for the silver. Because of the silver that was returned in our bags, in our sacks, the first time, that we are being brought in and that he may come out against us and fall upon us and take us as slave, second word, box the word slaves. And with what are donkeys? Did you box the word donkeys? These are the three things cause these brothers blind. And what are these three things? These three things is the money, which is the silver. And secondly, is the slaves, which is the self. And number three is the donkeys, which are our possessions. And likewise, you see today the Israelites, they cannot know God, they cannot know Christ. It's because of these three matters. They've been blind with money. Oh, the Jews, they just know how to make money. You just talk to them. The money in your pocket is just gone. They know how to make money. And their self, look, the attainment, this is what they makes them blind. And the possessions, all the donkeys, all the technologies, all these possessions they have, they're pursuing this thing. And even Joseph, now, these 10 brothers, they just consider about this. Oh, our donkeys, our silvers, and okay, we can be your slave. Care for the self. Saints, this is not just only the Israelites, even the Christian believers. Many times the Lord, just like Joseph, 
keep revealing to us in this way, in that way. When Adrian re revealed the story, I said, yeah, they're totally blind. Okay. They all, you know, they, Joseph even talked to them. Is look in verse 27. He asked them about the welfare. Is your dad well? And that old man whom you spoke, is he still alive? What kind of family? No, this man is caring for your dad. And then look in verse 32. And he served with him himself. So Joseph is one table. And then the 10 brothers, one table. And then the Egyptians is one table. Why Joseph don't eat with Egyptians? So he already showed him, I'm not an Egyptian. I'm not going to eat with Egyptians. I'm a Hebrew like you. <laughs> you see? But all these brothers, they're just lying with the donkeys and the silver and the slaves. They don't know Christ. Since many times, I feel ashamed in our experience. The Lord keep revealing himself, but we were all blind. We just don't know. Who, who are you? Who, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I don't need to repeat all these things. Even how he arranged who sit on the table. Reuben, you're the firstborn. You sit here. And then the second one is Simeon. You're the second one. You sit here. And Levi, you sit here. Number third and number four. Judah, you sit here. He appoint everybody according to the order of their birth. All these brothers, how do you know? Who is the eldest? How do you know? But they're just blind. Even he, he blessed Benjamin, and he just, what did he say in verse 13? And uh, 29, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Benjamin, his mother's son. That is Benjamin, is the same with one mother. That is my baby. Okay. And he said, is this your youngest brother whom you spoke to me? And he said that, God be gracious to you, my son. And he just cannot control. He did not finish speaking. All these brothers should know what happened. You just say, God bless you. God grace on my son. And his inward part burning. And he took a place to weep. And he entered into somewhere and then cry and then wash his face. All this brother, what's wrong with you? God gracious to you. And then you run away and then come out and you wash your face. They are totally blind. And that is what we saw the line of type that typify the Israelites and also typify the Christian believers. Because of this, we were all blind that we cannot see God. We cannot see Christ. Praise the Lord for the Lord to speak this to us through Moses, that we don't want to be those blind by all the things that we see. Okay. And what Adrian mentioned is looking for that versus 1 Peter 1.8. Remember, right? Someone put it on the chart. If we take care of the things seen, then we have no eyes to the things unseen. Do you see today in this age, many things showing you, all this internet, 
you can see many things. The more you see the things that is visible, the more we were blind to the things invisible. Don't be deceived by all the visible things. Oh, oh Lord, may the, may the Lord open our eyes. We want to see the things unseen. All the things we see, we saw is temporal. But we pursue something that is eternal. First, we have the line, these two chapters. First, we have the line of time. Then we come to the second line, the line of life. And in this line of life, we see how Joseph experiencing in dealing with his brothers. It is so easy just to tell them, ha, I'm Joseph. Look, look, look. My dream fulfilled. No, he did not so quickly reveal himself. But he take care of the profit, the goodness, the welfare, the benefit of his brothers. If he did not treat them like this, then his brothers will never um, repent, will never touch their conscience. Look, um, in verse 13, 44, verse 13. And they tore their garments. At this time, when they found out, am I right? They said, okay, if you found that cup of Joseph, kill him, <laughs> kill him. Verse 9, whomever your servant is found, let him die. Wow, let him die. And we ourselves, we all become your slave. They speak quite strong. At this time, all these brothers still did not know what are they talking. But here, and verse 11, then each man carried the Lord their sack. Okay, take down all their bag or the luggage, and each man opened their sack. Look, look. They still okay, did not know who they are. And then they searched with the oldest ending to the youngest, and the cup was found in the Benjamin sack, in the back of Benjamin. And verse 13, they just said, what? Benjamin? Oh, it is not Simeon. It is Benjamin. And look, the reaction, they tore their garments. And each man loaded his donkey, and they returned to the city. So, oh, if someone else, we still can handle it. But no, Benjamin? No, 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 no. Benjamin, they don't want to say anything now. That is broken. All these brothers, they were broken. Now, first, they're blinded. Now they were broken. Did you see how Joseph so mature in treating his brother in this way? If he revealed that I am Joseph, then all his brothers never learned this lesson. They will never experience this kind of contrite, broken spirit. The Lord did not just reveal to us, oh, wow, wonderful. The Lord opened the high sky, opened the heaven. I saw Christ and adore you. No, 
We want to see him with a broken, contract spirit. <laughs> and then verse 14, Judah and his brother came to Joseph's house. And I'm sure on their way back to the city, they just, what can we speak to Joseph, this governor? While they stayed there, they fell to the ground before him. Okay. And well, these are all okay, the signs of they've been broken. And then secondly, we want to see the line of life is this time. Not only all the brothers that were broken, look, even Judah typified all of the brothers. Look at the way that Judah speak to Joseph. How mature, how improved, how advanced he was. He is at this time. Okay? And Judah, okay, you will see, he is more advanced, more mature than his brother. When I read this verse 18, from 18 all the way to 28, okay, it is a part you see in Judah is so advanced in maturity. At this time, his word touched Joseph. Because of Judah speaking, it caused Joseph to reveal himself. Because Joseph said, Judah. You know what did Judah say in verse 18? Then Judah came near to Joseph and said, please, my Lord, let me talk to you. Let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ears and don't get angry. For you even as great as Pharaoh. My Lord, that means you ask us, we are your servants. You ask, do you have father or a brother? You know, this word touch Joseph. And then Judah, he said, and we say to my Lord, we have an old father and a young child of his age. We have an old father, and he, this old father, when he was in his old, he got this baby, and his one of his brothers died. You know, I tell you, when he talk about this, Joseph is already moving. And then now this baby brother left alone of his mother, the same mother, and his father loves. Benjamin, his baby, okay, baby brother, the younger one. And you say to your servant, bring Benjamin down to me that I may set my eyes on him. And we say, my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. For if he should leave his father, his father will die. He will die. He should not leave his father. And now you, you say to your servant, unless you're going to see this younger brother, come down with us and you want to see him face to face. Otherwise, we should not see you. And when he went up to your servant, my father, so we went to tell our dad, we told him your word and our father said, return buy us some food. But we say we cannot go down if the youngest brother is not with us, we will go down for we cannot see the man face. 27, 
and your servant's father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. Look, Judah say, that old man say, he got two sons from his wife. And the one went away from me. And I say, surely he had been torn to pieces and I have not seen him until today. Now, if you take away the second one, and if something accident happened, fall on him, you will bring me down with my gray hair into Sheol with miserable. <laughs> I'm not gonna go happily, but I go with a very, miserable spirit down to shield. I lost my two sons, one already taken by the, by the beast, then the other one taken somehow. I tell you, at this time, Joseph, he just cannot hold up. And now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, then his life being bound up, by the boy's life, then that old man gonna die. When he sees the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servant will bring down the gray hair of the servant of our father in sorrow to shield. Joseph heard, number one, that the sincerity of Judah, this time, he care for the father. He don't want father to die. Before, he don't care for his father. He deceived his father. Oh, one of our brother, brother Joseph, is just being taken by the animal. They don't care for his father. But this time, Judah, he care. Don't let that old man die. If that open did not see this young boy, he's gonna die, he will die. We don't want to see that old man solo to go to the shield. And secondly, Joseph saw Judah love his brother. No, 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 okay. Look, what did he say? Okay. In verse 33, please let your servant remain as a slave to my Lord instead of the boy and let the boy go. With his brother, make me a servant. Let the boy go. Look, he overflowed his love to his brother. You know, Joseph reaches goal. Joseph said, Okay, now my brother, they learn how to love my father. Number two, my brothers, they learn how to love their brother. Before, they don't like their brother. They betray Joseph. They even want to kill him. But now they all learn the lesson. They even say the iniquity, verse 16. Judah said, what can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? And how can we justify ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of our servants. Did you see their conscience? And Joseph, in this matter, 
you see the line of life is much more progressed. And number three, number one, we saw these brothers, they're broken. Number two, we saw Judah okay, learn how to care for the father and the younger brother. And number three, in these two chapters, we saw the line of life is how Joseph portrayed his patience and his wisdom and controlling his emotion. It is not easy. 22 years of not seeing his brother and then his brother come and then give them grain and keep Simeon and the grain that can be that can be uh, eat for another six months. That means Joseph have to hold that feeling for another six months. In this part, we see he is just so full of patience. He is able to control his emotion. And number two, we also see how his wisdom carrying them in love. On one hand, he hold his patience, not revealing himself, I am Joseph. But on the other hand, he care for them in a wise way, that they learn the lesson of life. At the same time, they're being loved. Saints, do you experience how God care for us in this way? He did not reveal to us. At the same time, he loved us and he want us to experience life. You give them food, give them money. I don't want your money, but you just love us, care for us in a secret way. But outwardly, we don't know what's going on. Okay. It's not childish at all. He's not playing here. He wants his brother to learn. This is how I just say, Lord, this is the way you care for us. On one hand, we don't know you, but on the other hand, in your wisdom, you care for us. You want us to learn in life, and we also experience your love. You care for us. He did not right away reveal, ha, finally, look, look, you're all bowing down. My dream fulfilled. No. He hoped for a long time. And this is his maturity. Anyone that cannot control his emotion cannot be a proper ruler. Now Joseph, he not only control, he's full of feelings. First time they come, 22 years, he said, mm, you are all spies, go home. Okay. But he give them the food and the money back. For another six months, keep Simeon in the prison. Six months, they come. And he saw Benjamin. And he just, wow, Benjamin. He ran to the back room and cried, watch his face come out, and then have a meal with them. Even in the meal, he did not reveal himself. Okay, after meal, go. Let them go. 
They still don't know who is this. And then come out, they chase him and come back with a cup in the sack of Benjamin. And, and then this time he saw all his brother is broke, are broken. He still did not reveal himself. He did not expose his sentiment. And until Judah come and he said, no, now all my brothers, they learned the lesson. And now this time he revealed to them, he is Joseph. Only until, the, only until the third time he revealed to them. Well, since I would like to share this thing is in many times we can deal even paying a big price but to control our emotion is not that easy. To control our emotion, our sentiment, we need the maturity of life. Only in the Bible show us the signs of the maturity. It's someone that can hold your feeling if you're Joseph, can you hold that 22 years? And then they come and then let them go again. And then they come, eat again with them, but you still can hold your feeling. You know, many people who love the Lord, who even serve the Lord, but they cannot overcome with, it, with this emotion. Emotion, they just burst out. Either too happy or too irritation too irritating, they get upset. Those ones cannot serve. You cannot reign. We need to reign in life. Now Joseph reign in life, he can reign over the anger and the mistreat of his brothers. Number two, he can reign over the lust of the flesh in the house of Potiphar. And number three, he can reign his emotion of seeing his brothers after 22 years. And number four, he can reign over the joy of his dream being fulfilled. And number five, he can reign over by revealing his glory in Egypt. He can reign in life. He can control his emotion. Well, forgive me, saints. When I read this part, I just say, Lord, this is a timely word, especially those who love the Lord. In some way, we are willing to pay the price, but in our emotion, we cannot control it. We are weak in this point. This week, morning revival, Gideon is successful because of these four points in numeral one from the outline. Number one, he knows how to listen to the word of God. And number two, he can obey to the word of God. Number three, he can torn or he torn down all the idols. And number four, he willing to sacrifice his natural relationship with his father. 
These are all in the outline. You will see this week, Morning Revival. That is the successful of Gideon. He listened to the word of God, number one. And number two, he can obey the word. And number three, he deal with all the idols. And number four, he willing to pay the price of sacrificing his natural affection with his father. Okay, what I'm gonna say is, especially here in South Africa, listen, lend me your ear. We need the Lord's mercy in this matter. In South Africa, we are bold. Sometimes we just burst out our temper, our temperament, our anger in a very inappropriate way. I saw, wow, not only the Africans, including some of the English, not only the brothers, including the sisters, some saints suffer loss in this matter. They don't, they can pay the big price, but they cannot control their emotion. I'll give you one story. In fact, I can tell you many stories. One day, I brought a number of saints from South Africa. We went for blending. We go in a place for blending, international blending. Oh, you know, international blending. Everybody's happy. Everybody filled with joy and many languages. And in the meeting, that meeting is composed of five languages. So when you speak something, you say, praise the Lord, I feel with joy. And then translate into English, translate into Portuguese, translate into Korean, in many languages. And that meaning is full of joy. Everybody's happy. And, but when someone is exciting, and then they just say, amen. And the one who know the language is amen. And then the next translation, people find difficult to listen to the translation because everybody's laughing and, and amening. And so some of them could not listen to the translation properly. And I was the one who translate for English. And I tell you, after that brother speak and then has been translated into Portuguese and all this Portuguese, they are just happy people. They just love, they just hallelujah happy and then translate into another language and then come to my term, I translate into English. When I translate into English, some of the saints struggling so all of you are laughing and we, we couldn't see what is the story behind. And I tell you, one of the brother from South Africa stood up in the meeting, rebuked everybody. I said, wow, what is this? Saints, 
This is from South Africa. <laughs> okay. We go for blending. If you did not hear clearly, suffer loss. Okay. We are in the blending, we are in the body. And this brother stood up and rebuked everybody. You don't care for other brother, you just love him. I don't know what he talked about. Yeah. Okay. And I have to translate his rebuking. <laughs> I nearly want to dig a hole and get into the ground. You know, this brother used to be quite a functioning one. But because of that one, he can no longer serve. He can no longer serve. I just feel this is the nature of disposition in South Africa. And there are many cases, may the Lord use this word. We need to bridle our emotion. Don't let it run wild. And I have many cases. In South Africa, I have so many cases. Either brothers, brothers or sisters that I say, wow. We lose our fear in our worshiping. When the, Levit the book of Leviticus, when you worship, you don't build the altar high. You know, you don't build the altar high. You don't expose your flesh. You know, never expose, burst out your flesh. Well, somehow, some of us, maybe we know, we know, we know something and we are bold. In fact, you lost. That's a big loss. Never come back. And this is something that we see we need to reign in life. Joseph, he not only reigned over the anger that his brother aiming on him, he also reigned over all this matter I mentioned. Um, uh, the lust of the flesh and also all these points. Um, even the sentiment of his emotion saying, may the Lord gain some of us. We're not only willing to pay the price, and I don't want to see this again in South Africa. We spend a long time in pursuing the Lord, and only one that you get upset and you start to burst in your service, in the, in the meeting among the saints. Of course, other places I also saw that anyone who bursts out your temper, okay, you will never have a good ending in the church life. No. But here we see there's a man who had been controlled for 22 years. After that, even for another six months or more, 
and care for the younger brother and the old man at home, able to restrict his emotions. Not just only translation that he did not hear. How do you compare this thing? Well, I hope you don't get offended. This is quite a heavy matter on me. You know? South Africa, South Africa, I love you. Amen. The Lord also loved you. Amen. We hope yeah, the Lord can gain a group of people to meet his need. Yeah. And this one not only have a great resolution, but they are mature in life. They're able to reign in life. In the story, we saw God deal with Jacob, but he reigned in life through Joseph. Wonderful. You cannot separate these two. On one hand, God deal with Joseph, or God deal with Jacob, but the maturity is in resurrection. It's in another realm. It's reigning life in Joseph. You cannot put these two, two stories together. It must be in, another, in resurrection. The dealing is in the old man, but the manifestation is in the old new man. Amen. What a wonderful picture to describe a person who matured in life. Amen.